Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or you can download our free Living Truth app. Now here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6.10 through 7.7 called Divine Reassurance. Now, Levi's three sons are highlighted here and his age because this is the focus of the genealogy. And you have these three sons. These are the three sons of Levi who took the tabernacle, by the way, through the wilderness. The Levitical line was the priestly line and also the line for worship leaders, also responsible for components of the tabernacle, whether it be the curtains or the implements of the tabernacle or even like the foundational pieces. And so uh, you have a name there, Kohath. One of the Kohathites wrote Psalm 84. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. And so there are links here even to some of the Psalms. Now, remember the family is leading the children of Egypt out to worship God. This family is crucial because God said, I'm taking the people out of Egypt to worship me to learn who I am, to reestablish my covenant with them. Israel's departure from Egypt was largely to leave the world, in quotes, Egypt is a type of the world, and go and learn to worship God where? In the promised land. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. This is our Egypt, if you will, but we are sojourning through into the promises of God. And so the sons of Gershon, you have Libni, Shimi, According to their families, 18, you have the sons of Kohath, that's Amram. Now, he's a key figure. You might want to mark in your Bibles because Amram is the father of Moses and Aaron. You have Ishar, Hebron, Uziel. The length of Kohath's life was 137 years. The sons of Merari, you have Mali. You have Mushi. He started a chain of raw fish restaurants. Uh, Changed the first letter as well. Sorry, but I thought, you know, genealogies, you got to make some attempts of, at humor in there. It's really raw mushrooms, mushy. Sorry. These are the families of the Levites. <laughs> I know. According to their generations. Okay, so you have the key name here is Kohath's son, Amram. His name, verse 18, means exalted people. Interesting. He's the father of Moses and Aaron. Now, Amran married his father's sister, we'll talk about that in a moment, Yoshebed. Yoshebed's name means God's glory. It's interesting when you take the name of the couple that is the father and mother of Moses and Aaron, their names combined mean the exalted people for God's glory, Israel. And so as you move down here, She bore him Aaron and Moses. Now, this is the key to the genealogy. This is why it's here, to establish this connection. The length of Amram's life was 137 years. People certainly were living longer at this time. Aaron and Moses would be then Kohath's grandsons. And you have noticed that Amram married his father's sister or his aunt. You say, say, what? I thought that was against the law. Not in the South. I'm sorry, sorry. That was not even a, not, that was not even planned humor. 
just in the moment. Sorry, strike that from the record. This was, <laughs> forgive me, Lord. This, <laughs> this was before the law was written in Leviticus 18.2 that you shouldn't marry a family member. There was no law to break here. They weren't breaking any law. So this is being written by the lawgiver, but it's before the law. Remember, even Abraham or Abram married his half-sister. So this came later. It's actually Leviticus 18.12 that you would look at, not 18.2. And so uh, the sons are now listed here in just a little bit more detail. In 21 and 22, Kohath's other sons, Izhar and Uziel, uh, are listed here. So you have the sons of Izhar, 21. You have Korah. He's one of the sons. He led a rebellion in number 16. I think that's why this comes up. Korah's name means, are you ready? Baldy. No joke. I'll leave that alone. For the sake of congregational unity. <laughs> then you have Nepheg. His name means clumsy. And Zikri. You have the sons of Uziel, Mishael, Elzaphon, means God has treasured, and Sithri. And Aaron, now we're getting to the key players again, married Elisheba, the daughter of Aminadab, the sister of Nashan. Aminadab and Nashan were both ancestors of King David from the line of Judah. So you have the Levitical line and the Judahite line that marry together in the line of Jesus, which is very interesting because it establishes both the priestly line and the line of Judah. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. Uh, these two, Aminadab and Nashan, are listed in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1, verse 4. She bore Nadab and Abihu. They were killed for burning strange fire before the Lord in Leviticus 10. And then you have other sons of Aaron, namely Eleazar and Ithamar. So these are his sons. The sons of Korah, that's Aaron's cousin who led the rebellion in number 16. And he was also from this Levitical line. And I think that's part of the reason why he raised up in the wilderness. He said, Moses isn't the only one who you guys should listen to. I'm also from that line. And he led a rebellion. And it didn't go well for him. Uh, if you recall, the ground opened up and swallowed him and everybody who was in his camp, and down went Korah. You have Asir, Elkanah, means God has created. You have Abiyah, Saf. These are the families of the Korahites. And Aaron's son, we're almost done, Eleazar, means God has helped or God has aided. He became one of the high priests, married one of the daughters of Putiel, and she bore him Phineas. These are the heads of the father's households of the Levites. Now, here's a summation according to their families. Uh, it's been noted that Phineas, who was uh, one of Aaron's, uh, I, I believe here, a grandson, he was Ethiopian. His name means Ethiopian or black man. Apparently, his mother, Putiel, was African. This is reading from Reich in one commentary. He said, Phineas took a stand when a man had come into the Lord's house with his Midianite mistress to have sex with her in the tabernacle to try to defile it. He is called the sons of Aaron the priest, and he, he is described by God as zealous, as zealous as I am for my honor among them, so that in my zeal I did not put an end to them. Numbers 25, 11 through 13. 
And when this man came into the temple to do something abominable within the temple structure, Phineas took a spear and put it through both the man and the woman. This would be a wonderful uh, devotion for you this week. Okay? <laughs> You're like, what in the world is going on at Living Truth? <laughs> Simply this. This is the word of God. <laughs> and so he, yeah, he speared him. And uh, the Lord honored him because this man was trying to defile the temple. It would be like someone coming onto a property and doing something intentionally gross and bizarre and immoral to try to make a statement. That's what was going on. And Phineas put an end to it. Now, it was this same Aaron and Moses. Thankfully, the genealogy is now in our rearview mirror. It was the, the same Aaron and Moses to whom the Lord said, bring out the sons of Israel from the land of Egypt according to their hosts. That word could mean their armies or their divisions. The Israelites would not leave Egypt as fleeing slaves, but as a marching army. And in Exodus 17, they're going to run into the Amalekites where Joshua is going to be fighting them shortly after their departure from Egypt. And they're going to have to learn how to fight. And Moses is going to have his arms up. And we'll look at this in a later study on the top of the rock. And when his arms are up, yes, I got, a, I got one who's copying me out there. Yes, they're winning. And when his arms fall because he's tired, they're losing. And there's a lesson in there about how we fight our battles, but I won't, I'll get ahead of myself. Now, they were the ones who spoke to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, about bringing out the sons of Israel from Egypt. It was the same Moses and Aaron. Now, the repetition is important to establish the link of the Levitical line and the right to represent God before the Pharaoh and before the people. And for Moses to understand that God has the right man, even from his lineage. He is literally a Hebrew of the Hebrews. His mom and dad are both Levitical. They're both from the line of Levi. I've got the right guy, Moses, and it is you. You even come from the right family. This is no mistake. I wasn't just throwing out the line to see who might respond to my call. The burning bush, your call, everything about your life has come to this moment. You are my man. Even your family history bears that out. And I think this was another way of, to reassure him. And here's what I would say to you. Don't forget who you are. You are the beloved of God. You're a Christian. God called you. Some of you, maybe you could think back to just months ago and some of you to years ago. And I don't know where you were, what was going on in your life when you were called. But I'll tell you what, when I was called, I was call, called out of a life of rebelling against God and quickly felt a tug into the ministry. Now that developed over time, certainly. But I was called out of darkness into light and God pretty early on in my sojourn essentially said to me, Michael, you are going to serve me. And I will tell you, there were times I ran from it, times I fought it, times I wondered about all the same things that I think a lot of us wonder about. But I would just say, if you're taking notes, don't forget who you are. The enemy wants to steal away who you are. What kingdom you belong to, don't forget. It's time to take a stand, and Moses can't forget who he is, his credentials. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Listen to our podcast mini-series, A Step Closer. In these series, Pastor Michael Lance and others on the Walk in Truth team discuss topics we face in our life from a Christian perspective. So the point is, starting with Gurdjieff, they believe this is, this is the cosmos. Everything goes in here. If you can't put it in here, it doesn't belong. This tells you the meaning of the whole universe, not the Bible, not the Word of God, this stuff. Modern science has shown that worry and stress actually can shave away at the years right. of your life. You'll you'll add some things, but they won't be the kind of value addeds that you want. No. Even if we threw out having to land on when does life begin, when a majority of those abortions happen, right, is in between generally six to 12 weeks. It has become traditional among many pagans to mark the four quarters of the Samhain circle with jack-o'-lanterns. But it might also be in keeping with the season to light one white candle in a jack-o'-lantern placed in the window on, or on a front porch to beckon the spirits. You can listen to A Step Closer on walkintruth.com, or you can subscribe and follow Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app, like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many more. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. But I'll tell you what, when I was called, I was called out of a life of rebelling against God and quickly felt a tug into the ministry. Now, that developed over time, certainly. But I was called out of darkness into light. And God, pretty early on in my sojourn, essentially said to me, Michael, you are going to serve me. And I will tell you, there were times I ran from it, times I fought it, times I wondered about all the same things that I think a lot of us wonder about. But I would just say, if you're taking notes, don't forget who you are. The enemy wants to steal away who you are, what kingdom you belong to, don't forget It's time to take a stand. And Moses can't forget who he is, his credentials. Now, it came about on the day when the Lord spoke to Moses, 28, in the land of Egypt. We we have the location, so we're not dealing with the burning bush. This is a new situation. That the Lord spoke to Moses saying, I am the Lord. Those four words there, I am the Lord, are what hearten me. He's God. His name is there, Yahweh. It's Y-H-W-H in the original. And what it means is, I am the all-powerful. I am the eternal God. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. I hold everything together. I am the Lord. I'm the one sending you. This is not about your skill set. It's not about your doubts. It's not about your faltering lips. It's about me and my power. I'm the Lord. Speak to Pharaoh, king of Egypt all that I speak to you. This would be like having to show up at the White House with a message. This would be about all the doubts that would flood your heart. Can I even get a meeting? And if I, and if I could get a meeting, you want me to say what? <laughs> the whole system that you've set up here, Pharaoh, is over today. <laughs> and what do I show up with? 
a staff of a shepherd. Can I have a something different? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> nope. But Moses said before the Lord, Behold, just one more time, <laughs> I am unskilled in speech. How will the Pharaoh listen to me? I think this is the third time he's made this excuse. Ever get tired of your own excuses? Ever hear yourself make the excuse for the upteenth time and go, ah. But I'm sticking to it anyway. (laughs) I'm unskilled in speech, faltering lips. God says, no, you're going. All of my questions, all of my concerns, I must remember he is the Lord. And then the Lord said to Moses, we're going to move up to 7-7 in Exodus 7-1 is where we are. Now the Lord, then the Lord said to Moses, see, I make you, okay, you want reassurance, I make you as God, that's the Hebrew word Elohim, to Pharaoh, and your brother Aaron shall be your prophet. Now Moses had to be thinking, in what world do I go as a shepherd before this world leader and he listens to me? God says, well, I'm going to make you something in his eyes. I'm going to make you as God to Pharaoh. Now, in Egyptian religious belief, they believed that the Pharaoh was a divine being. And maybe he himself was convinced of it. And by the way, the Pharaoh sent all of his messages through a spokesman. So rarely did he ever speak directly to someone who approached him. He had a sidekick, a prophet, if you will. He was considered divine, representing like gods like Ra and Horus. And he was supposed to be a manifestation of the deity or deities. And then he had a sidekick prophet who spoke his commands. And God said, you know what I'm going to do, Moses? I'm going to make you like God before him. We're going to play his own game. And I'm going to make your brother like your spokesman. And we'll, we're going to have a little battle here. We're going to see whose God is really God. You ready? I'm going to make you as God right before him. Now, does this mean Moses was divine? No, I think we've all figured that out by now. He ain't divine. There's only one God, Galatians 4.8, by nature. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. There's no other divine being. But Moses will become an instrument through which God will speak. As though God were pleading through Moses. And whenever you speak on behalf of God, you become a vessel for the living God. I often hear Alistair Begg say, Lord, let the people hear not the voice merely of a man, but your voice. Preachers for the last 2,000 years have stood in the stead of Christ with all their faults and all their shortcomings and said, oh Lord, speak through me. You speak to a coworker, you share the gospel. Lord, let them see Christ in me, the hope of glory. Uh, Dr. Martin, Walter Martin, who's since gone home to be with the Lord, tells a story about a situation where there was a, it was a Russian play going on, and I don't remember all the details, but the main actor was uh, witnessing to a Jehovah's Witness who was his 
uh, the main actress in the play. And he had been sharing the gospel with her and she was kind of closed off to it. And in one of the scenes of the play, he begins to sing to her. And it's within the script of the play. And, and he could see on her face that she was startled. And she committed her life to Christ after that moment in the backstage. And she said, something happened while you were singing to me. It was no longer you. It was Jesus. It was like you were made into a different man at that moment. That's what we want to experience. We are, we will never be God. <laughs> He's cornered the market on deity. And anybody trying to get there is going to fall woefully short. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the other most parts of the earth, Acts 1.8. Jesus said to the disciples, you're going to be persecuted. And you're going to be brought before kings and governors. And when you are, don't worry about what you're going to say. Because the Holy Spirit is going to speak through you exactly what you are to say. That's what God does. You've been listening to Divine Reassurance, Part 2, on Walk in Truth. And that was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6.10 through 7.7. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. You can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids, like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. If you live outside of Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, you may be wondering, okay, if the Lord provided Aaron as a way for Moses to overcome some of his uh, lack of confidence or weakness in his ability, is that the way that he deals with us today? I would say that it is in this sense that when you are part of the body of Christ, each individual part does its share. You don't have to do everything. Jesus is the head. You may be called to be the hands or the internal organs to go with the body metaphor or, you know, the feet or whatever it may be, the voice. But the head is the one supplying the direction. And each individual part of the body does its share to glorify the head. So this is how this works. Where I am weak, someone else has spiritual giftings. If you're married, you know that oftentimes this is exactly what we see in marriage. Where I am weak, my spouse is strong and vice versa. And in the body of Christ, it's the same way. So does the Lord still do things like this? Yes. I will tell you this. I'm a visionary. I'm uh, not the most organized person in the world. I'm not the person who you would want to necessarily schedule the calendar or do the books. But I have other people around me who are really good at doing those things. And so, yes, I do believe that in the body of Christ, the Lord still does stuff like this. But here's my question. Do you have a brother, in quotes, or a sister, in quotes, that you're close enough to, that you're partnering in ministry, that you're serving in a church where this could even come to fruition? 
I pray that you do. And uh, again, if you need any help with that, you can always reach out to us at walkintruth.com or you can call us at 844-48-TRUTH. There are folks that call that are listeners to this uh, broadcast and they call with prayer requests, Bible questions. Sometimes they just need a listening ear. Well, now we have pastors available, uh, normal business hours, Tuesday through Friday at 844-48-TRUTH. And we'd love for you to call and get some ministering too. We'd love to help you out. Maybe you have a question, maybe a specific question like this, 844-48-TRUTH. Hey, I want to remind you that we have a Wednesday night service here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. That's where I serve as senior pastor. That's the church behind Walk in Truth. On Wednesday nights, we have a 7 p.m. midweek service. And we'd love for you to join us. Now, we're right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue, the church's Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona. Hey, come and check it out. If you can't get here, we do live stream the service. You can get to our YouTube channel when you go to walkintruth.com. We'll see you right here tomorrow. And don't forget, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. Also, more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month, or you can give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And thank you. And join us tomorrow for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 6.10 through 7.7 called Divine Reassurance. Hi, Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.